I'm definitely at a point and I've gotten there really fast where I'm already looking at how I can best kind of remove myself from the equation. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. Sarah, how's it going? It's going amazing. I spent weekend at the cottage. I was going to, by the time this airs, it's not going to be Easter weekend, but I was going to say I spent Easter weekend at the cottage and it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Always nice to get away. I know that's like one of the cool little nuances that you do with your cottage is that you keep the long weekends for yourself, right? And you do rent it out other times of the year, but you keep those times for yourself and your family, right? Absolutely. We ensure that, you know, when we can book all the long weekends as much as possible, as long as Matt's not working and, uh, and we just invite our friends up and we just have a good time every single time. This time though, it was a family weekend. We had Matt's parents up and his niece and, uh, but it was good. You know, the unfortunate part is today was the nicest day. It wasn't raining. It wasn't cold. And it was the day that we had to drive back, unfortunately, but you know, it is really cool because even now in the spring, it's rented for probably the, I would say about three quarters of the summer so far. And I had a booking just over the weekend for Thanksgiving weekend. So people are booking quite, uh, quite far out. So I'm, I'm probably going to need another cottage <laughs> at some point <laughs> so that I can still get to enjoy it every so often when it's not a long weekend. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's awesome. I love it. What about you? What's new? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome as well. And, uh, you know, you mentioned another cottage and we're in the midst of, uh, we're putting in an offer, you know, can't, uh, don't want to go too much into detail. It's just an offer right now, but uh, are looking to acquire more in, uh, in more in Port Stanley. Love the model, love the idea that we're doing out there. And again, you know, we don't necessarily keep the long weekends for ourselves, but we do try to, to, to go and enjoy it and find some time to actually go and enjoy it in the summertime yeah, and have some fun out there. But it's, it's turned into like a cool little business where, um, yeah, people are going to enjoy it a week at a time, having a great time out there, a little getaway from their normal day-to-day life, right? And, and yeah, it was great. It was a long weekend this week and got to see a lot of friends and family. But yeah, like there's a lot of people that are like, you know, grudging back to like the Monday or the Tuesday, like, oh, back to work. And they had a little bit extra time. And I think that's what's so important with real estate investing is what is it that you want to get from it, right? Is it, do you want to leave your job now? Do you want to leave it in the future? Do you never want to leave? Just have a little bit extra and go away, you know, on vacation and, and with your family and that kind of stuff. So it can offer so much to so many different people, right? And I think what's really important and what we started talking more about was kind of enjoying the journey along the way, right? Enjoy that weekend at the cottage. Yeah, you could probably get a premium for those long weekends, right? But what are you going to do? What or How are you going to enjoy yourself? If you already have that asset, why not try to enjoy it, right? You bring up a good point because everyone's got these goals and there are, you know, maybe five years, 10 years in the future. And then they're so focused on these goals. And sometimes I'm guilty of this too, that you don't actually stop and enjoy your life and where you are currently and what you've accomplished currently. And, uh, and I think it's always nice to like stop and, and really think through that and, uh, and just enjoy those moments in the present because in five years from now and 10 years from now, even though you have these awesome goals, you don't know what's going to happen to your health. Like there could be so many other things you're going to want to cherish every single moment as you're living in the present for sure. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, and you know what? We're so fortunate to, to live in you know, an amazing country. And we joke around about the weather and how it sucks and all that kind of stuff. But we do live in a good country where you know, there is health care. There's things that we can take care of. But more and more, we are having to depend on ourselves to take care of or get those little luxuries. There's, nobody's just giving that to people anymore, right? If you want those extras in life and those things that you want to get, you have to work for them, right? And, and again, enjoy the journey along the way, but have that spot where you know, you can say, hey, I did achieve that. You can look back every once in a while. But yeah, what a great podcast that we have today with, with Adam Martin, who's like really like pretty much at the beginning of his real estate investing career, like almost, you know, a year, year and a half in, really done some awesome stuff and acquired it, taken that leap, worked with some smart people and in that in the podcast that he'll tell you about uh, who his mentors are and, and how he's been able to achieve it. But again, it's, yeah, sure. He's, I think, 24 or 25 that he said he was, but you're 34 or 35 or 45 or 55, like now is the time, right? Now is the time to do it, to get started. Don't wait. Don't make that excuse. Make those little even micro goals to get to that next point, right? And I think he does a great job of explaining how he went about that and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. A couple of really cool things I'm really excited for the Right Club Nation to listen to is that he got a vendor take back for like 96 or 97% of the value. And it was somebody that was not related to him that he didn't know before. And he was able to do this pretty much in the first, like it is in the first year of him investing. And, uh, and, and so it's a really cool story. I'm super excited that um, we get to, to hear it very soon. And he also was able to get money from social media, just posting and just all the brand and the branding that he's created has allowed him to acquire a lot of joint venture partners or money partners very easily. So we can, uh, we can talk to him about that very soon as well. So what do you say? Should we uh, play the interview and have the Right Club Nation listen? Absolutely. Let's get to the episode. Hope you guys right. enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Adam, to the show. It's an honor to have you. How are you? I'm fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for having me on today. It really is a pleasure. Ours, ours too. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what your real estate strategy consists of. Yeah, so I'm 25 years old, and I just got started in the real estate investing game at the start of 2018. So I come from Collingwood, Ontario, which is kind of a, a tourism-oriented town where a lot of people from, say, the GTA or Toronto might travel to. And that really caused sort of a largely inflated market as I was growing up. And so I saw a lot of people come up that were native to Collingwood that might have bought houses in that hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred thousand dollar mark. That as I grew up, sort of transitioned into a five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar mark, and that's kind of how I grew up, and that was my relationship with real estate, kind of as I matured, and so. Watching that happen kind of let me know right away that I need to be doing real estate because a lot of people that I was friends with or my family and stuff like that were major stakeholders in sort of those rising prices. And I think I've taken a much different path to that because we don't, I didn't really come from a lot of money or anything. So my strategy so far has been around getting deals that I can source with creative financing and actually get into with very little of my own capital. And so today I've got a student rental that is about to be vacant at the end of this month. 
and I'm actually converting all of those bedrooms into Airbnb rooms. So that's going to turn into a larger Airbnb. And we also house hacked that building. So I live, I'm going to move from the top of it to the bottom two bedrooms. So I'm able to live there for free at the same time that we run our Airbnb there. And I actually recently just got a fourplex as well with a partner. So that one's going to be more long-term rental, standard, burr, basically. So we've got a, a fantastic purchase price on that. And then we're going to go back and get a lot of cash back when we actually close. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know what? You have such a presence too on, you know, on social media online as well too and, and, and what you're doing as well too. And I've actually feel like I know you a little bit as well too because the, like that VTB, was that on the student rental that you were just talking about? Yeah. So my first deal, I was actually able to get into with a 96% vendor take back. And I, I got, that's a major portion of the property as a vendor take back. So the vendor take back is 96% of the property value for 13 years at 3%. So Whoa. Okay, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I, I've never heard of anything like this as good as this. How and who? Is it like a family member? No, no. So okay. this actually came from a yellow letter campaign. So we, at the time I was looking, well, I was doing some wholesaling really and looking for private off-market properties. And I had walked through maybe a hundred different properties. I'd walked through a ton of real estate before I found this opportunity. And the guy, when he first approached me, he wanted to actually sell me. He wanted to sell me at a price that didn't make a lot of sense for the area. So this building's actually near Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. And the guy wanted 240000 for this five bed, two bath. And at the time, the market didn't really support that. And this was only a year ago. So like I say at the time, but it really only was about 12 months ago that we got this property and already it's, it's massively appreciated. But at the time, that property, if, especially if it was for wholesaling applications, it would have only been worth about 180 to me. So there was a really large difference. There was a $60,000 difference there. And I knew that I would have to meet him somehow, whether that be price or terms or find some kind of way to make the deal manageable because I liked the area. I knew that there were buyers in this area and I knew that the fundamentals of that neighborhood would be very strong for student rentals. So we kept pressing the seller on sort of which, which, you know, knob we could pull on to change. Is it price terms, closing date? You know, how do we get this property at an appropriate price uh, or make some kind of deal out of this? And he turned around and actually offered to sell me the property with for 50. He wanted to sell me 50% of the equity in the property. And I thought to myself, well, that's a really weird statement because I also happen to know that he only bought the property two years ago. So it was strange to me that he could have 50% equity within two years. And then that led me down a rabbit hole of questions where I started really prodding him about, you know, you bought this property, I can see on the geo warehouse, you bought this property two years ago. How did you get 50% equity? And then it came out that he actually had a hundred percent equity in the property and he was really just trying to hold on to that 50 percent because he needed somewhere to live and that really led me down a really long rabbit hole where I, I kind of got down to his core why and I really um, began asking the important questions and finding out exactly what it was that he needed from me 
beyond the actual purchase price for this deal to make sense for him. And it was at that point that I essentially arranged every aspect of the deal and took control of it from there, where I found him a place to live. I, uh, I drove him around London, Ontario, showed him three different apartments that fit his criteria for price and for location and his mobility constraints. And, you know, I arranged his lawyer, I arranged his moving company, and I, I kind of did all those things for him so that it was very simple. And I brought him an amortization schedule of the actual VTB mortgage that I had planned out. And uh, we just kind of worked together and put our heads together about what exactly he needed to make sense of the deal and, and how to give value back to both of us. So yeah, it was a lot of working together. Very cool. Sounds like a, a true win-win. Now, okay, so here's my question, because you just started investing fairly recently. You said 2018, and you've got the two properties. How did you know to go about and do all of this with a VTB and structuring? Are you working with mentors? Do you have a good team of people in place? Like, How did you get from just uncovering this opportunity and throughout that whole negotiation piece? Like, it, You sound like you're an expert, and you've done it for years and years and years. So talk to us about that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that's one of the most important things for, for myself and for anybody listening is what I'm about to talk about here. And that definitely is everything to do with mentors. So I believe that Matt McKeever's already been on this podcast. And uh, I think a lot of people might already know his story, but he definitely kind of took me under his wing, if you will, at uh, the start of 2018, after I'd met him and Jeff Weibo, who's also been on this podcast. But I met them both on a limo tour where we were looking at private real estate and they were kind of teaching everybody how to do these things. And once I met them, I immediately just kind of, I just fell head over heels for the advice they were giving and the strategies and the, the win-wins that they were promoting. And right away, I kind of dove for that. And for sure, this throughout this whole process of buying this building, I kept bringing it back to Matt, who is definitely my number one mentor. And just showing him this deal time after time and every different piece of the negotiation that had changed. And uh, luckily for me, he was, he was willing to kind of give me that time and give me some advice on this. And it was definitely key to realizing what was there in front of us. Because I had already started asking the right questions once I knew that the 50% didn't make sense. Like right away, spidey senses are tingling. What's going on here? It's not really feasible. He really should have only put down... 20% and it doesn't make sense to earn another 30% in those two years. And so bringing that back and being able to brainstorm that with Matt was really important. And then I also, I also actually ended up showing those three apartments that I showed to the seller were all Matt's. So I drove this guy around to Matt's, negotiated, if you will, air quotes, the lowest price with Matt, and then got this guy into one of Matt's rentals. So huge huge pro for networking mentoring and just having that uh that overall network behind you well and that's it and that you you're able to offer something of value in return right maybe filling one of his rentals or you know providing something that he didn't have right and i think that's the key part when you are working with you know whether mentors or coaches is is you're getting that knowledge from somebody that's walked that path previously right that you're bouncing that idea off. If you're just sitting, you know, if you were just sitting in a room or in your car on your own going, hmm, this guy's offering 50%, right? It's your only your own thoughts and your own wisdom that you have to, to lean on. But when you're surrounding yourself or, you know, finding others that 
have gone down those paths or different experiences. And, and you know, and I'm sure it wasn't exactly the same as something that Matt has ever done, but the combination of, hey, this is what he said, and maybe it triggers something in his mind. And that combined knowledge creates like a, this whole other uh, vine of information and knowledge that what you combine together. And you keep adding more and more people to that circle. It's, it's limitless, really, in terms of all the different things and possibilities that are out there, right? A hundred percent. And and this uh, particular deal was a great example of how effective it is to compound that knowledge and then compound the strategies and the backgrounds of each of us. So coming into this deal, I had, I've got okay credit, but I've also got a lot of utilization on that credit. So my, my score is probably it's, it's just dipped. So it's probably somewhere around 650 right now. So rent to own, you probably look at credit scores all the time and utilizations all the time and, and that kind of thing. And I know for a fact, I've got really high utilization and like a fair to maybe even not great credit score. And I knew that going into this deal. So I knew uh, first I was looking at it for a wholesale application, but it was immediately off like that was immediately off the table once I knew the price was going to be too high it didn't make sense for anybody that would be buying in that area and then moving through the negotiation I started seeing these pieces and and both of us Matt and I both started realizing that there was actually a great play here for me to be able to avoid the issue of not having credit or necessarily having even a down payment to put down on this property and so kind of putting those pieces together, I was like, okay, well, this is definitely not a wholesaling opportunity, but this could be a great place to start in terms of real estate investing. And, you know, in terms of financial independence, one of the best strategies you can possibly do is to eliminate your cost of living. And by doing that, a lot of, well, a lot of people do that by removing uh, essentially their cost of shelter, which often is about 60% of their, of their expenses. So one of the best ways to do that is to rent out either a portion of your living space or rent out um, an entire unit. And in this case, I knew that it would work with students because I've recently graduated. I've got a degree in international business management. So I kind of understand the student life. I understand the room rental kind of life. And it made a lot of sense for us to make that decision and move from Miranda and I had a one bedroom apartment in Guelph and we knew that all the prices and where we would eventually be able to buy and invest made a lot of sense to be in London. So making this jump made a lot of sense after we started compounding these strategies. So I've got the vendor take back there. I can house hack it by living in one of the bedrooms and renting out the rest. And then we introduced the Airbnb room inside the student rental that I'm already house hacking about halfway through after one of our students didn't work out. And this building cash flow is about 900 a month. So it really made a lot of sense after all these things started adding up. And so even that 4% that uh, was owed on the building, I borrowed from, from my mentor as well. And of course, uh, I'm paying on that, but I essentially borrowed 100% of the property value and then the only money that we put in ourselves was about $7,000 in just materials. So I changed the flooring. I did all those good strategic renovations. So flooring, paint, bathroom upgrades, and some fixtures. And the building looks great now. And it's even naturally enforced. It's appreciated up to, it's probably worth about three fifteen dollars now after a year. Hey, Right Club Nation. This week's sponsor is Emil Jelnik. Emil is a mortgage broker that has personally helped me grow my real estate portfolio and rent-of-own business 
for years now. The really cool thing is that he started out like most of us with no property and no money. Over his investing career, he was able to accumulate over 200 units. The beauty is that with a meal, you not only get the mortgage you need, but you get investing advice from someone there that has been there and done it and has the experience. Absolutely. Now, if you're just getting started or perhaps you already have many properties or even if you want to get into commercial investing, Emil can help you. And he's already helped many of our Right Club Nation listeners. He's very focused on helping you and our listeners meet their financial dreams. So if you wanted to reach out and call Emil, you can call him at 416-402-7448 or visit his website, which is jellyneckmortgages.ca. If you want to get to know more about Emil, you can check out his episode of our podcast, episode number 21, and get to know Emil a little bit better yourself. But for now, back to the podcast. Amazing. And you know, I don't know how old you are, but you just talked about just recently graduating and student rentals and all of that yeah. stuff. That's, it's just so amazing to see people starting at your age. I mean, every age, as long as they're starting, but because what you've already accomplished in one year, I mean, you just started in one year. If you just keep going and going, I mean, in 10 years, you're, you're going to be so far ahead. And so now you're, you're learning, you're learning with Matt, you're learning with, you've got a good group a good core group of very successful investors around you. What's your next move? Yeah. So after that property, we kind of, I, and I just, I like to say this is it took me 24 years to get my first property. It took me three months to get the next four units. So it's one of these compounding effects where as soon as you've kind of made that leap, you've made the decision to jump in. Uh, it becomes really easy to see yourself buying more and to continue investing. So currently I'm working on the fourplex that we bought with a partner. So Alfonso had mentioned there that I've got a bit of an Instagram presence. I'm fairly active on there. And over time, just sharing my, my story, sharing kind of what I do day to day on there, I've been able to kind of generate some people that are interested in either investing in real estate themselves or they've got some capital and they don't really know what they want to do with it. So there's a lot of people that are in the category of kind of white collar, essentially jobs, and they've got capital that typically would go to a money market or stocks or something that they're interested in investing. And so after sharing my story after the last year, I actually had a follower of mine kind of reach out after I made a post. Um, when I had an opportunity come up, I said, you know what? Hey guys, Adam, again, this is a great opportunity. Here's the numbers. I need 80K. And so right there, I raised uh, $80,000 in a week from that single, it was a 30 second post on Instagram that aired for 24 hours. And I was able, I got six responses. I chose the one that best fit kind of me and Miranda. So their lifestyle, their interests, their age, their everything was just kind of in line with us. And it's people that we see ourselves growing with over time. So the, the two of them and Miranda and I bought this fourplex recently, and uh, that's, an, that's another crazy deal if you wanted to go through those numbers. But so yeah, yeah right well, now. first, yeah, dude, let's definitely, let's definitely walk through that. But let's just, I want to highlight like the power you know, of Instagram and Facebook and social media and then just who the people that you are able to connect and touch with and, and connect with that you never even met 
But, and I think Jeff had said it in, in the podcast as well too, is that they already know your story. They've already trusted you. If they're reaching out to you, right? They've already got built that relationship right now. Now it's going the other way, right? But yeah, hundred uh, percent. It, it's, it's a really, it's a really cheap way. It's a really easy way for you to connect kind of one to many and to really build out those relationships. And people are very quick to see through BS. They're really quick to see when somebody's not being truthful or genuine. And uh, social media is one of those spaces where there is that dichotomy. A lot of people show kind of a fake reality there. And I think what a lot of people appreciate about what say Matt or Jeff or myself are doing is we're showing our every day. We're showing mistakes. We're showing, you know, screw ups. We're showing successes, failures, everything. And it's really hard to be disingenuine when you're, when you do it that way. And it, and so that just gives you a great gateway to people that are interested in who you are. And, you know, that's something I, d I don't really change. I never change myself on my channel. I'm just always uh, showing people who I am and, and kind of just putting myself out there and showing them what I'm about. And that's been, it's had really positive feedback for me a after the initial push, I should say, there's an initial pushback from your friends and family and your, your network of people that you might've grown up with. But at the end of the day, it's the uh, five people you spend the most time with is essentially the average of what you become. Right. So Absolutely. I mean, you guys have created a great brand. I mean, even when you come out to the right club, you guys are all wearing the red jackets. You're easy to spot. And we feel like we're following your story on Instagram. We know you. So it's an easier conversation. And I'm sure you get approached by a lot of people that said, Hey, I saw your story on Instagram and this, this resonated with me, or I heard you here, this resonated with me. And so you're, you guys, the three of you are, are so smart in your branding. And the other thing I want to mention too is OREC. You blew up OREC. So this is going to be the second year. By the time this airs, it'll have passed. But I, I do want to talk about that because you created this amazing event and it just seems like, you know, just like poof, one day it was there and it was, there's tons of people, hundreds of people coming, you're gathering everybody. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, OREC has been Matt and Jeff's kind of baby for the last year and a bit. And it really started out with, I think the two of them honestly were just joking about it. Like we go to all of these conferences and a lot of the big brand, the big box names that you, you and I know and all the listeners can probably think of. And a lot of them are are just pretty stuffy. I mean, you get shoved into a room and, and you're kind of forced to just listen and it's the same stuff every time. And typically there's a run to the back of the room moment that everybody feels a little weird about. And we were just looking for value. And that's one of the, the big things that we talk about a lot on our social media is like, hopefully by showing you every day what we're doing, we're actually delivering a lot of value as well. We're not just kind of making noise. Hopefully we're really giving some solid tips and tricks and stuff. Absolutely. You're, you're not just taking pictures of like what you're eating for lunch. There is, there's yeah. value, there's learning, there's, yeah. there is something there for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's not about sticking the butt out or whatever, you know, well, sometimes we do that too, but, and that's something we noticed with the right club as well is like, it's a fantastic time for networking and really connecting with those people that are, they're real people. They're doing real things and they've got real projects on the go. They're actually using the strategies that they're talking about and often coming up with really creative new solutions to the problems that face modern real estate investing, right? Like today's market, what's happening today? What are we doing about it? 
and, and really keeping current. And I think that's a lot of what the Ontario Real Estate Conference is about. And that's how it started, actually, was we should do a conference. I think we can do it better or we can add some value to people's lives. And then it was like, all right, well, what do we name it? And then we started looking around. Oh, my God, nobody called their conference the Ontario Real Estate Conference. Why don't we just do that? Plant the flag. And that's kind of how it started. And luckily, we convinced everybody that it would be worthwhile to come out. And it actually turned out to be a fantastic event. And yeah, as Sarah mentioned, we're, we're a, by the time this airs, it will have happened. And hopefully it was a massive success. But right now we're five days away from it. And um, yeah, the heat's on. And there's a a lot of preparation that goes into these things. I mean, even just for our right club monthly events, I mean, there's hours and hours and hours of work just for the monthly one. So I can't even imagine how much you guys are doing for a huge conference like this. Yeah. I mean, we've got a over a dozen sponsors. We've got, it should be 500 attendees. It's a lot of stakeholders. And at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are providing massive value to everybody, including the sponsors and, you know, especially the attendees and everybody that's taking time out of their day. They're taking, you know, money, they're taking their voting dollars. They're taking their time. They can't ever get back and voting on us with that. So we really do always appreciate that. And that's something that we want to always be cognizant about. So, yeah. And, and you definitely, you guys definitely do take it to heart in that value that you provide. And, and you guys are actually, you know, putting your money where your mouth is as well too. You're attending events, you're networking, you're going out there building your networks and, and just going through it and going through the grind together. And, and sometimes I think in this business, it can be very, you know, like a very independent business where it's my deal and I'm looking at this and, you know, and, and we're accustomed to that because even being in other industries, it's, you're, you're kind of old. I can't tell you all my secrets because then you're going to do it this way here. It's where we're sharing and we're evolving and creating new ways and new strategies. And like, you know, I almost, as you were describing what you were doing with your student rental, it was like, it's like a turductin of real estate investment, right? And and it's a combination of things that it didn't exist or maybe it did, but in a different form where you're putting your own best spin on it and and working with really smart people and, and kind of getting that advice. And, and that's why in that room, that buzz, like usually those conferences, like I really don't sleep that much in those because the mind is going, there's so many different ideas and, and, and lots of energy in the room and different and things going on. And, and you never know who you're going to meet or have a conversation with like, like you said, it's just real people going out there and doing that. So yeah, that's really exciting. So yeah, so you mentioned, you know, you're looking forward, you have the, the, the fourplex now with, with the, um, you know, the real estate rat pack that you guys are continuing to provide value, putting on courses and classes, but what else, you know, what else keeps you busy? What else, what are you interested in terms of, you know, uh, learning in, in your real estate career as you move forward? Well, I'm actually, uh, I'm really big on optimization. I really like the idea of, of standard, well, maybe not standardization is a horrible idea because then everything looks the same, but I'm really interested in the idea of optimizing certain strategies. So now that I've figured out, I like to think I've figured out the kind of how to run a student rental. I like to think I've kind of figured out how to run an Airbnb or at least a, a private room. Uh, we started also looking at re-renting Airbnbs, so the re-rental strategy, which is something uh, we've started talking about a lot with the Real Estate Rat Pack. And the idea there is is to be able to rent a building and fill it with, you know, you have to furnish it. So you rent a building that's just on the market, call it on MLS or on Kijiji, and you furnish it and then list it on Airbnb. 
And there's a particular, you know, strategy about going about that. So you can convince the landlord that owns it the, um, of your case, kind of build a business case. And then um, a certain way you should probably look after that business because it is a business at the end of the day, you're running a straight business operation on that kind of a strategy. So um, I think I'm, I'm interested in continuing with those, but I'm definitely at a point and I've gotten there really fast where I'm already looking at how I can best kind of remove myself from the equation and sort of really scale this real estate business. I'd like to have not as many individual roofs as Matt might have. And so when I look at anybody in my network, I look at kind of their strengths and weaknesses and the strategies that they've taken. And I like to kind of combine those thoughts and sort of see which strategies I can compound on in themselves. So sort of that vendor take back that becomes a student rental that becomes an Airbnb. I like to look at that from a portfolio view and see what's working best. And I think one of the things I've taken away from a lot of the landlords that I meet that have a lot of these triplexes, duplexes, and many buildings spread out is at some point they all want to cash out and get one roof or or you know less roofs to deal with and and the headaches associated with that just a figurative roof but so you know right now i'm just interested in into con continuing to observe i'll probably still build slowly i'll still i'd like to get another four or five units this um, year and continue partnering with people but i think ultimately right now i'm i'm focusing on how to optimize my time and how to really strike a balance between uh, making time for Miranda, making time for myself, making time for the real estate business, making time for the real estate rat pack as a totally different bucket. Because I've got my real estate now, I've got the Airbnb I'm managing, I've got you know the students and they turn over at certain points. I'm kind of renovating the fourplex. And then I've also got you know family, friends and all those other important things in life. Um, and I'm really big into fitness right now. So yeah, I'm really just yeah. finding different strategies for, for optimizing my life. Do you work full-time in addition to this or no? No. So my okay. full-time job is with the real estate rat pack, if you will. Awesome. Um, so okay. I typically, so just to look at my day, if, if anybody's interested in how I manage juggling all of these things, I typically wake up around 4.30, 4.45 a.m. I will head to the gym for 5.15 workout. That takes an hour. By 6.30, I'll be at the mansion, which is what we call our, our meetup space and collaborative working space here in Byron. And from 6.30 until usually about 3, uh, I'll work at the real estate rat pack. And then at that point, because I also, this is when I start to get hungry, I also do, I do intermittent fasting. So right around 3 p.m., I start really getting hungry. And uh, you can only have so many coffees before then until you, you really start feeling starved. So 3 p.m., I'll make my way home, uh, eat brunch, if you will. And then I, I start really having to think at that point about homework that I've got from the real estate wrap pack. And then I, um, I have to begin focusing on the actual real estate that I've got, right? So if there's renovations going on, okay, well, now maybe it's time to go do the drywall or it's time to do do receptacles or painting or flooring or whatever. And then sort of, you know, 8.30 to 10 p.m. is sort of Miranda and I time or just lounging around time. So that's kind of how I, I do that. Very cool. Now, is she also into real estate investing as much as you are? 
Yeah, so she's been awesome. along for the ride. I think I'm slightly more obsessive about it where I, I'm really focused on how do we optimize it? How do we track it? How do we make the business case? Where she's actually been attacking it from a different front of a realtor position. So she's been uh, working for a year as a ISA, which is an, an internal sales advisor or something. But basically what she does is she sets appointments for their realtors. Uh, which is a fantastic skill to learn because all she's been doing now for a year is cold calling and getting leads and getting traction. And so now she's got these fantastic interpersonal skills that she can um, transition to. And she transitions on May 15th of this year to a full-time realtor in Guelph. So she's lined up a bunch of deals for them. And I think she's going to become a huge asset for our investing business now that she's becoming a full-time realtor. That's awesome. And and that's like you said, you know, the, the five people are the, the most closest people that you spend your time with. That's awesome that you guys are pushing each other and, and helping each other grow in, in those spaces respectively. Right. So yeah, good. That, that's amazing stuff. And, and you said it's just real people doing real things and you're going through that journey and, you know, showing people that, Hey, you can do it. There, there's, you can make excuses for the things that you don't want to do, but you find reasons for, the things that you do want to do, right? And, and you're not letting anything kind of get in your way and stop you. So kudos to you. But uh, I think we've reached uh, the lightning round portion of the, uh, of the podcast. Are you ready for the lightning round? I, I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> might as well go for it. All, All right. right. To date, nobody has been killed in the lightning round. There's been All no right. injury. Walk me through it. How does it work? All good. So you're going to have a series of four questions. Everybody gets the same four. You've got about 30 seconds to answer. Are you ready? Holy smokes. Okay. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Laurel Simmons. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a beginner. It's really easy to lose focus and not accomplish what you set out to do. And when you get right down to it, the reason usually is pretty basic. Your why isn't big enough or clear enough to keep you going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Take a breather from your busy day and think about what you've set out to do and why you're doing it. And while you're taking a break, go to www.thewhyfactorbook.com. There, you can sign up to find out when Laurel's upcoming book, The Why Factor, Why I Eat and Drink My Way Around the World, and Why You Can Too, will be released. And when you do, you'll get free access to a short audio called What's Your Story? All right. Number one, what is the best advice, Adam, that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Oh, there's a couple of big points here, but if we're going for lightning, then it's never sit with the person you arrived with because there's too many people to learn from and you can debrief on the drive home or when you next get together, or if it's, if it's your spouse, then you can debrief at home. Stop sitting with the same people and start asking questions. Start really getting out there and start sharing your story. Too often I actually hear that people think that they don't have anything to co contribute to the to the conversation, but you really do. So that's, I love that tip. That's a great tip. So listeners, right club members, right club nation, when you're coming out to, to the next event. If you came in with a car full of people, sit at different tables and meet new people and debrief on the way home. I love that. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. Question number two, Adam, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Oh my gosh. Am I allowed to say Matt McKeever here? <laughs> 
You can say whatever you want. It is your answer. <laughs> That's terrible and cliche, but honestly, Matt McKeever's YouTube channel has really changed my life and it, it changed the way that I looked at real estate investing and real estate in general, and especially financial independence. Um, but there is also the, the massive gateway drug that is the um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. That's like, that kicks everybody off. So, I mean, that you can't answer this question without mentioning that. Amazing. Okay. So great, great resource. So question number three, Adam, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Maybe just perseverance. Yeah, that's the word because I faced a lot of rejection. It's like I said, to get that first deal, I walked through over a hundred properties. I looked at a lot of real estate. Uh, if you, if I had walked into a bank, they would have told me no. If I had walked into most mortgage brokers, probably would have said no. Most homeowners probably would say no. But um, if you keep pushing through and you use the strategies you know are valid time after time, you'll eventually get to a yes. I love that. Is that perseverance? Don't let something stop you. Let learn from that mistake or learn from that no, right? There's another another way. So all right. Last question of the lightning round. It's uh on a typical Sunday morning. What are you up to? Yeah, typical Sunday morning. We like to uh Sunday is usually Miranda and I day, so we'll usually wake up um have a nice coffee we do still fast on the sunday so both of us will refrain from eating for a while and usually start the day with some reading i won't be in the gym at 5 15 but usually wake up i'll read 50 pages of whatever book i'm on right now i'm reading uh, becoming a supple leopard so you guys can look that up but then uh yeah we'll head to the gym and then usually we sneak in a nice walk if it's nice outside and uh, wrap the day up usually with a show or something just totally off off topic off work all right. right amazing so adam if our right club nation our listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you how can they do that well i think we've talked about it i'm uh i'm <laughs> i'm mostly on instagram so you can find me there at adam jd martin jd's and jeffrey david i got those two middle names to confuse everybody and then on Facebook, to really confuse everybody, I think I'm still Adam J. Martin. So you can reach out to me there um, or just find me at the right club. Nice. Awesome. Any last words of advice or anything you'd like the right club nation to know? Well, I think at this point, it's really important to highlight that anything's possible. I came into real estate investing at 24 years old. No money, no credit, no problems. I was able to persevere through having those challenges, which typically would be the top, probably few that people would cite as main objections to not being able to invest in real estate. And uh, I did that through networking and through building a solid base of people that I can uh, refer to when I've got challenges or even opportunities or, or anything. So I think it's really important that people get themselves out there. They kind of break out of that shell and uh, start talking because these communities that we've built and that you guys have built with the right club are very giving people. there are very accepting. And I think, you know, most of you, if you're, if you're already at the podcast, you probably know that, but if there's anybody that's still listening, but is afraid to get out there, just do it, dive, make that call, make that jump. And if you're still afraid after this, send me, send me a message and I will get back to you and uh, we can work through it together.
Amazing. On that note, Adam, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We appreciate your insights and congratulations as well on your success and what you've been able to do in so short amount of time. So thank you for being on and uh, we'll see you at our next Bright Club events and also at OREC. I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I think it's actually tomorrow I see you. So yes, (laughs) really appreciate it. Yes. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Adam. Bye now. Well, Alfonso, that was uh, really fun. I think Adam is a great guy. He's got so much going for him in so little time. And he's really built, in my opinion, a strong team of like-minded people around him, a good solid five. You know, he mentioned the top people, the top five people that you spend the most time with or who you're going to be like or most similar to. And, uh, and he's got some great, great mentors as well, supporting him throughout. What did you think of the interview? Yeah, absolutely loved, loved the interview. He uh, was just, just so open, just with it going through his journey of, of how he got started, went to, you know, we started working with Matt, right, McKeever, and, and as they just brainstormed and how we talked about it in the interview, where I know, sir, you and I have just sat around a table or been in the right club room or, or just talking and just different ideas that can come about just networking with people, talking with people, different idea. That's the cool part is like even now with, you know, the mansion that they have out in London there in Byron, um, it's like an incubator of ideas and thoughts, right? And, and places that you can go to where you're working with other people. That, that's a key part. The vendor take back that, again, so cool, right? Of, of, you just have to ask, right? You have to uncover it, get that idea. Just don't take that first no as like, well, okay, I guess not. There's other creative ways of going about getting a deal done, right? No money, no credit, no income. Yeah, like, and he still didn't let him stop him. He got a deal done, right? Figured out a way to accomplish that so that he can progress onto that next one. And uh, yeah, what do you say? 24 years to buy his first and then like three months to get into the next four, right? Yeah, so his first four units, yeah. It's amazing, amazing. Yeah, you know, guys, Adam is uh, is now a regular at the Right Club. So if you're interested in coming out and talking to him and meeting him, come out to our events. They're all posted at therightclub.com or you can send me an email, which is sarah at therightclub.com or alfonso at therightclub.com. And guys, when you go to the website, therightclub.com, don't forget to download our free ebook there where it talks about all of the different challenges that some of the top real estate investors have made and how they've overcome certain obstacles. And it's really, really insightful. It's a free gift to you guys. So feel free to download it. We have it on the website for a couple months. At some point we will be, uh, be taking it down, but it is there. So we hope that you guys enjoy it and, uh, and reach out to us if you have any questions. Anything else? Absolutely. Else yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're really enjoying this and can't wait to, uh, to get back into the right club rooms and network with everybody there. Check out the website for the future events as well, too. And please, if you think uh, we deserve it, rate and review our podcast. You guys have been doing a really great job with that. It's been going up the charts more than we ever thought. Uh, really popular, hitting some top 10 lists uh, on, on, uh, on, on the Apple podcast list and as well as Android. So Thank you so much. And yeah, get at us. Let us know what you want to hear more of. If you got an interesting story or somebody that you know that wants to share their information, share some value, we want to hear from you. So thank you so much. Sarah, you're always uh, an amazing co-host and, you know, guiding me through this podcast world. And we're so lucky that we get to interview some, some really amazing people and spotlight them. So thank you for uh, being on this journey with me. And I appreciate you and our friendship. 
Thank you, Alfonso. And same goes back to you and, and Right Club Nation. Thank you guys. And uh, thank you for growing with us. So come to our next events and uh, keep growing with us. And thank you guys. See you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.